नमस्कार टू एवरीबॉडी आई वेलकम यू ऑल टू दिस सेशन वी ऑल हैड ए एक्सट्रीमली टेस्टी डिलाइटफुल न्यूट्रिशियस लंच एंड आई होप दैट दिस टेस्टी लंच वुड नॉट पुट अस टू स्लीप एंड द स्पीकर्स will be able to intellectually provoke you enough to keep sleep away well i begin with a verse which is uh, 11th century verse i'm sure the scholars know of it uh, know the verse itself this comes from a play called mahanatakam mahanatakam yeah so the the play is mahanatakam and the author is hanuman now the play has not been very popular for whatever reason it's it's extremely difficult to even get and lay hands on the play but the mangala charan of that play is very famous and it goes like this uh i mean there is also perhaps some satire in it or perhaps some some kind of a double meaning but it is like this yam shaiva samupasate shiva iti brahmeti vedantino bauddha buddha इति प्रमाणपटव कर्ते नैयायक कर्ता फॉर द नैयायक इट इज कर्ता अरहन इति अथ जैन शासन रतो जैन हाँ रता सोयम वो विदधात वांछित फलम त्रैलोक्यनाथो हरि हाँ कर्मेति मी मांसका दैट्स वट आई वॉज अबाउट टू से दैट द पीपल हू वर्शिप द सो कॉल्ड वैदिक परंपरा कर्मेति मी मांसका नाउ दिस वर्स ऑन द फेस ऑफ इट मीन्स दैट एवरीथिंग इज विष्णु सोयम यो विद धातु वांछित फल त्रैलोक्यनाथो हरि राइट and hari is shiva and hari is karma and hari is brahma and hari is everything what the vedanti is called brahma is also hari at the same time it also brings in a question that if it is the same then why have there been so many distinctions and why there have been so many prasthanas and why there has been so much effort for thousands of years to make the different prasthanas sampradayas matas etc now the answer to these things actually to my mind and at least to my exploration has not been found in the philosophic sect it is not in the philosophic text because nobody has dealt with this problem philosophically as to why there is so much diversity and so many prasthanas but 
it has been dealt very well in the story which we find in the beginning of natya shastra the story is very simple indra goes to brahma and who else can he go except brahma because brahma is the creator for everything and he says kridaniya kamichhamo yat shravyam cha drishyam bhavet so i want something to entertain me something very pleasant but it should be seen and heard at the same time yugapat you know at the same time now on one hand you have the beginning of an art a new art form because there is no other vidha of kala no other type of vidya which is to be seen and heard in the field of art you know, which is drishya and shravya and on the other hand the result is something very different from what indra the sureshwara the one given to the pleasure of indriyas and pleasure of mind and all kinds of possible pleasures had ever thought the result is that brahma says okay i give you something what am i going to give you brahma never says that he is going to give him a new kridaniyakam a new plaything but he says i am going to give you the fifth veda pancham ved so natya shastra is pancham ved later on many years later the same thing was attributed to mahabharat and mahabharat is not sold as natya shastra the western indologists have put the whole thing upside down now why did he give the fifth ved he explains on one hand it is very simple that it, in order to attain a knowledge to make vedas hastagat or adhita it's a very hard discipline not many people can do it and in the language of the times they put it very bluntly that stri and shudra and various other people do not have access to it they don't means words so i am going to give you the fifth veda which is going to give you the fruit of all the four vedas now it is also it is possible and it has been done this way that it has been considered as one uh, glorification by the evil brahmins about vedas that here is a fifth veda natya is a fifth veda but then if you go deep into it natya shastra and not just natya shastra but the whole vidya is the fifth veda and i have no hesitations in saying maybe it is a uh, a sort of a pramad of mine <laughs> that if this fifth veda had not been there then the four vedas perhaps would not have been so deeply connected with the culture and life and thought of india so the fifth veda not only has the message not only has the tatva but it also has 
the life giving property so where does vedanta come in here if you look upon vedanta only as a mata only as a philosophy and as a system then for that matter natya shastra does not have any math to promote it cannot be called a shaiva granth it cannot be called a uh, vaishnava granth or belonging to any other prasthan or philosophy obviously it will not be because as you know that a shastra is meant for a particular discipline and a system of knowledge kimiti shastram shasanopayam it is it is a method a discipline and in this field it is for the nata the actor the one who is going to communicate from one end to another and what is he going to do he is going to communicate he is going to transmit he is going to do what is called abhinaya and abhinaya is yasmat prayogam nayate tasmat abhinaya smritah so what is being taken what are they taking from one end to another the four vedas and the whole art is there for the pancham vedas brahma makes it very clear and then in the first chapter describes how this is going to be a reward this particular art form of drama or natya is going to be a reward for everybody it's going to be a reward for lover it's going to be a reward for sanyasi is going to be a reward for yodha it is going to be a reward for tatva anveshak etc there is a long list and that is the reason why natya shastra becomes a vedanta in the highest sense let me explain further after creating that particular art form or shilp as it was called the ancient word for an art form in our text is shilp after creating this shilp he shows the utility as to how it is going to be applicable and useful for everybody but then he also describes what does this consist of whom have i written this for how many parts it is who is going to study it how it is going to be transmitted now that is not the subject of our discussion today the subject of discussion is that what is it that it provides so distinctively what is it that natya provides and in the indian system natya stands symbolically and practically for every other art form if you want to be a dancer 
you will have to go to Natya Shastra, the fourth and the fifth, the eighth, ninth, thirteenth, twenty-sixth chapters of it to learn the physicality of it. If you want to be a painter, then again you will have to go and see the whole setup of Aharya, the concept of Aharya in it. If you want to be a sculptor, then you have to follow dance. And all these things have been stated in later uh, Vishnu Puran, etc., etc. But what does it do to you? First of all, it provides a framework in which you see that how the three Pursharthas, later on counted as four, Trivarga and then becomes Chaturvarga, Dharmartha Kam, and then Dharmartha Kama Moksha, Moksha being an extension of Dharma. How can Natya fulfill? How can a person fulfill dharma, earth and calm by seeing what is natya? That is the whole purpose of natya. Now if the purpose of natya is fulfillment of dharma, artha and calm, dharma, calm, moksha, then it tells you about the purpose of life and how you lead the purpose of life, but then there is a remarkable difference. Because this is not Upadesh. Philosophy gives you Upadesh, the Upanishad gives you Upadesh, you can have all kinds of texts and all kinds of sadhanas for it. Natya is distinct. It is very distinct because it provides something which no other art form which no other intellectual discipline is able to give you. And that is rasa. So when Bharat Muni enumerates that what are the different constituents of Natya, then the first and the foremost is rasa. Rasaha bhavahi avinaya, dharmi vritti, etc., etc. So what is so distinctive about rasa? In plain language, as time is very little, so I want to keep it very brief, Natak, Natya, has the capability of making things which are very unpleasant in life to us absolutely pleasant in art. You see, because in life, either we have a raga for something, or we have dvesha for something, or we are tatastha, you know, we, we don't care for it. There are only three stages. But in Natya, things which I absolutely abhor, Things which I would not like even to hear about, I want to see them, I want to hear them. You want to see the most terrible things that are done by human beings. You want to see them in a play, you want to see them on, in a cinema, and then you enjoy them. 
Because if you were not enjoying them, then why would you go to see them? And you don't need any proof for it or any philosophy for it. This is, this is uh, Loka Siddha. This is obvious, very obvious. How does this rasa develop? Now, there are of course, you know, reams and reams written as to what is ko rasa ko iti padartha, what is this thing called rasa? And many things are said, but Bharat Muni makes it clear. And this is where you see that natya becomes an introduction to the higher consciousness. This is where art performs the role of what may be called dehridvi. That is, it's like a lamp which is placed on the isthmus of a door and it lights the room inside and it lights the area outside. So the laukik and the alaukik or the paralaukik they are both lit by art. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the nyaya. How does it happen? This happens through rasa. So rasa, therefore, in the Indian tradition, number one, is something which is fulfilling of the four purusharthas, dharmartha, kam, moksha. It cannot be without that. And the text makes it very clear. Because he asked the question, rasa iti ko padartha? And the answer given there is, aswadhyatvat. Now many people hurriedly read, aswadhyatvat as aswadhyat. That's something which gives you pleasure, aswadhyat. There's a world of difference. Because aswadhyatva, aswadhyatvat, that which is worthy of being tasted. Everything is not worthy of being tasted. So it's a moral judgment. And this moral judgment is in terms of the Purusharthas. Therefore, Rasa, while fulfilling Purusharthas, Natya, while fulfilling Purusharthas, also leads you to a higher level. Now, there have been all kinds of Vyakhyas as to how it does. And I don't have time to go into them. There have been different acharyas who have put their brains to it as to where, where does rasa occur? How does it occur? How does it take place? Is there utpatti of rasa? Or is there pratiti of rasa? Right? Does it, is it, or does it only seem to me as if there is rasa or is there really rasa? Can there be any creation of rasa? Because if there is creation of rasa, then rasa is not primordial, that it is not eternal. And then, rasa must transform me. So it creates a sattvikaran in me. It creates a feeling in which there is a loss of ahankar. There is a tirobhav of what is aham. Because if there is aham, then I'll have rag and I'll have dvesh. And therefore there will be no rasa. But if there is rasa, then neither I have lost my ahankar. At the same time, I have not lost my ahankar 
or the sense of loka to the extent that I cannot appreciate something which is consistent, consisting of a logic expression. So it creates a elevation or what is called sattvikaran. And the whole doctrine has been developed by various people, especially Bhattanayak. Now this sattvikaran and this experience of rasa, Bhattanayak has no hesitation in saying that it is Brahmananda Sahodar. It is not Brahman, but it is Brahmananda Sahodar. Because it has been pronounced as Brahmananda Sahodar, although th this Vyakya is very late, Natshas is much older, it has created for thousands of years in India artists who consider themselves as sadhakas. See, this is a very major cultural characteristic. Everywhere in the world, artists don't consider themselves as sadhakas. It's only where they have been influenced by Vedanta that they do so. And Vedanta in this context means the tradition of Natya Shastra. So, you, as a sadhak, no matter whether you are a dancer or you are a um, painter or you are a nutter or whatever, while doing your kala, you are also doing the sadhana which is capable of bringing you moksha or capable of bringing you the highest understanding. Therefore, natya becomes almost synonymous with the purpose of Vedanta. That is the point that I wish to make. And this is not something which comes after a doctrinal expression of Vedanta. Because Natshas is much older than Brahma Sutra, Natshas is much older than this whole uh, later philosophical system. It is closest to the Vedic tradition uh, and to the Vedic culture of Yajna, etc. After all, it's a direct evolution from that. So, the very idea that there is a tattva which is anandamayako, which is ultimate, which is the purpose of human life and which is also the purpose of art and therefore which is the fifth Veda is very clearly laid out there. Thank you very much. <laughs>